Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Clocked In with the Press, hosted at Altman Studios in Brentwood, California. In this podcast, we highlight news stories, individuals, and organizations that deserve your attention. For full news stories and to stay updated on the latest Contra Costa County happenings, you can visit our website and Facebook at thepress.net or Twitter and Instagram at Press Clocked In. We are your hosts, Caitlin Gleason and Melissa Van Ruten, Clocking In. Governor Gavin Newsom has proposed an $11 billion relief package designed to reduce the pain of rising gas prices, while also moving California closer to reducing its dependence on oil. According to AAA, the national average for a gallon of regular gas is $4.25, but the California average is $5.92. The proposal for March 23rd calls for $9 billion in tax refunds to Californians in the form of $400 direct-to-payments with debit cards, that is, per vehicle, per registered person capped at two vehicles. The package also provides $2 billion in broader relief, including $750 million in incentive grants to transit and rail agencies to provide free transit for Californians for three months, up to $6 million to pause a part of the sales tax rate on diesel for one year, and $523 million to pause the inflationary adjustment to gas and diesel excise tax rates. The proposed package will also provide $500 million toward projects throughout the state that promote biking and walking. Additionally, $1.75 billion from the governor's $10 billion zero-emission vehicle, ZEV, package will be fast-tracked toward more ZEV passenger vehicles and building more charging stations throughout the state. The larger package is part of Newsom's efforts to push California closer to clean energy with zero dependency on fossil fuels. Newsom's administration plans to meet with state legislature to negotiate details of the proposal. If approved, Californians could see the first payments take place as soon as July. So what I want to know is what state has below 425 right now in gas prices if the average is 425? I have a friend in South Carolina who actually just got gas for some like absurdly low rate. We were all talking about it because, you know, we're in a we're in a group group text, and um, she paid three dollars and seventy two cents last week for gas. Was she like, complaining about it being expensive? Because if she was, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think so because the, the other friend in the chat is from SoCal and had mentioned that gas down there had finally hit six dollars or near six dollars a gallon. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just. When I talk about these huge numbers, mm. right, from from the government, whatever, I like, it doesn't even sound real. Like, it's yeah, just, you kind of wonder where the money <laughs> even came from. So You're like, much. Um, okay, uh, but yeah, no, I am a little unsure if just sending four hundred dollars to everybody is the way to resolve this. I mean, because I, I know that it was mentioned that they're considering a suspension of the gas tax. Um, but I don't know if more stimulus checks is kind of what's needed in this situation. I mean, it seems like it's a pretty good mix of like a grander scale plus the stimulus. I know $400 for me. And, and so these, these debit cards, if you're a person that owns two or more vehicles, you will receive a $400 debit card for each of the registered vehicles. Mm. And it goes on registration status it's not about filing taxes they want to make sure that it is equitable to everybody in california um and there are people who their income is too low you know is low enough to the point they don't have to file or or senior citizens on on medicaid or or other you know social Mm -hmm. security benefits um and so it's going on vehicle registration 
up to two vehicles per person, you'll receive $400. And I know for me, $400, that's like, I would say that's probably about right now, about five tanks of gas, which I'm not going to complain about. I'm excited for the money going towards promotion of biking and walking. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. You know, as as you know, they just broke ground for the overcrossing on mm-hmm. Highway 4 for the McCullumney Trail. And so I wonder if we would be eligible to maybe, you know, the county or the city to utilize any of that money towards that. Mm-hmm. So that would be something to keep an eye on. Moving on, authorities arrested a man in Antioch this week on suspicion of intentionally lighting two fires in the city, according to the Contra Costa County Fire Protection District. Jason McGee, 27, is facing two charges of arson of a structure or forest land. He was arrested on March 21st at the scene of a brush fire burning along a sound wall near Larkspur Drive and Hillcrest Avenue in Antioch. He was at the scene of the fire when crews arrived and was later identified as investigators say he admitted to setting the fire and a witness further identified him as having been seen lighting another fire on March 18th. McGee was subsequently arrested for both fires and transported to the Martinez Detention Facility. He remained in custody as of Wednesday, March 23rd. And I think this was the same day that the big fire in Bay Point Mm. was happening along Route 4 as well. And I know we shared a a small video about that, but Mm -hmm. it's just earlier and earlier every year. There is a larger kind of social focus on fire safety and, and, you know, reporting smoke when you see it um, and things like that. Because I know like without that witness, for example, then that first fire on March 18th would have never been found to have been arson. And they would have just thought it was for sure just a random fire. What is that they say? If you see something, say something. Yeah. Speaking of fire. 21 adults and 12 children were displaced following an apartment complex fire that damaged 10 units at Delta Pines apartment complex on the 2300 block of Sycamore Drive in Antioch shortly before 8.30 p.m. on March 25th. Arriving crews found a fire had ignited along the side of a one-story, two-unit building. According to Confire Public Information Officer Steve Hill, the fire later jumped across a walkway to a neighboring two-story building. Within the first few minutes of Confire units arriving on scene and realizing the extent of the fire's spread, they made the decision to raise the incident to a second alarm. Meanwhile, the flames had extended into the attics of both buildings affected. Also, small explosions could be heard from within. Once crews ascertained that all residents had made it to safety, they were able to attack the fire from both the interior and exterior. It took roughly 30 minutes to get the fire knocked down, and extensive mop-up efforts began. A total of 10 residential units sustained moderate to extensive damage, displacing 21 adults and 12 children. All residents were able to evacuate safely, although one resident was later transported to Kaiser Permanente Antioch due to shortness of breath relating to a separate medical issue. Red Cross was on scene to assist the displaced families. So... When it says, you know, raising the incident to a second alarm, is that like a special terminology for something? So basically when, and and this was something that I asked, this was a scene that I went out to. Mm. When they add a second alarm to a fire, basically it means that the first crews have gotten to the scene, see the extent of what is going on, and know that they're going to need more resources than what have already been called in to handle it. And so... They put that second alarm on there, and that pretty much tells, okay, we're gonna we're gonna need dispatch to send more mm-hmm. people. Um, and they were they were everywhere through there. I mean, they're still, as far as I know, investigating the cause of the fire. I don't know if mm-hmm. we'll 
we'll get that. But, um, you know, I was on scene for quite a few hours and they had two ladder trucks out there, um, you know, up to the roof. They had crews from, you know, out Concord Way and and more central county crews came in to help. You know, it's it's a densely populated area. Mm -hmm. And so people were out watching, you know, in the apartments across the streets and and it was just, it was one of the larger mm-hmm. fires. I mean, it was my first two-alarm fire scene. So mm. so um, I know that everybody was evacuated safely, um, but since you were there and it doesn't say it in the report, was everyone able to evacuate, like, through the door? Or, like, were when you got there, were there still people inside the building? There were not. So as I was headed over, um, the there were crews who were still in what they call rescue mode, mm. just in case. And so they go unit to unit and through, you know, access mm. as much as possible to make sure that everybody is cleared out. So they had to go into the building and into the apartment complex to oh, make yeah. sure that there were no people left Oh, yeah. Over. They go inside. They, they're all geared up in their masks and oxygen. And um, it's a pretty intense scene. So how long in total do you think it took for them to completely douse the fire down? Well, to to get the fire knocked down, it was only about 30 minutes, but then they have to do what they call mop up and make sure that no spot fires ignite. Mm-hmm. Um, they did, PG&E had to come out and shut off, you know, the electricity. And then there was a question. So this was kind of a crazy and, and something else that was a first for me. The gas line had actually like burnt down under the ground so beyond where the the valve at the you know on the side of the building so that had burned up underground and at one point they thought they might actually have to dig it up Mm. and and cut it and cap it because gas was leaking and so I know there there was uh there were a couple of firefighters there who you know, they just kind of, they kept spraying the area around there because if anything were to spark up, that would have been be a whole gas line. That all bad, fire. all bad. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, and everybody out there, uh, like Ross said on the, the podcast, everybody has a job um, and they work together really well. Mm. Next, the Contra Costa County Board of Supervisors is seeking individuals to serve as at-large or at-large alternate members of the Contra Costa County Fire Protection District's Advisory Fire Commission. The panel does a few things. It confirms cost of abatement reports, conducts weed abatement appeal hearings, approves surplus equipment declarations, reviews fire district operations and budget reports, and advises the fire chief on district service matters. The commission also serves as a liaison between the board of directors and the community and may be asked to perform other duties by the board. Applicants must reside or work within the fire district to be considered for appointment. Regular meetings of the commission are on the second Monday of even-numbered months at 7 p.m. in Concord. The appointments will be for full four-year terms beginning on July 1st, 2022 and ending June 30th, 2026. Commissioners are not compensated. Application forms could be obtained from the clerk of the Board of Supervisors by calling 925-655-2000. Again, that's 925-655-2000. Or by visiting the county webpage at www.contracosta.ca.gov. Application should be returned to the clerk of the Board of Supervisors County Administration Building in Martinez no later than 5 p.m. on Friday, April 22nd. Applicants should also plan to be available for public interviews in Martinez on Monday, May 9th. So this is a great way if you want to support the fire district, especially the term starts 
at the same time, it's in the, the same time frame that annexation is set to go into effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, you know, for those of you who want to become more involved, who want to help support our fire district, who, you know, want to, to progress everything forward, definitely consider this. And I know there are some other appointments that are open too. So check out the county mm-hmm. website. There's a few other commissions that they're looking for people as well. I'm not sure how long the terms are. Some are compensated, some are not. But definitely a great way to just be more involved in local government. Moving on from fire to police. Police officers from both the Antioch and Pittsburgh Police Departments are part of an active investigation by the FBI and Contra Costa County District Attorney's Office for a range of unspecified crimes. The crimes are described as a, quote, broad range of offenses, end quote, involving crimes of moral turpitude, according to a March 25th press release by the office and involves officers from both departments. Moral turpitude is a broad term without a singular established definition, according to Cornell Law School, due to the amorphous concept of morality. However, courts have consistently described conduct that involves moral turpitude as, quote, an act of baseness, vileness, or depravity in the private and social duties which a person owes to his fellow person or to society in general, contrary to the accepted and customary rule of right and duty between man and man, end quote. The district attorney's office and FBI conducted, quote, court-authorized law enforcement activity, end quote, at multiple locations on March 23rd, according to the press release, but the nature of these activities was not disclosed. Additionally, the agencies plan to review both active and closed cases involving the officers in question to determine whether or not the cases are now considered compromised. Due to the active nature of the investigation, no further information was made available. The involved cities and police departments have agreed to cooperate with the investigation to, quote, ensure minimal disruption to their respective communities, end quote. I think this is incredibly interesting that we have the FBI investigating us here in East County. Well, not us, investigating the police oh, what have you done, departments. Caitlin? Nothing you can prove. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, I do think it's incredibly interesting that they're using moral turpitude as kind of the reason for investigation. Um, since like, like, like you said, it is something that's very ambiguous, but it does have a lot to do with just like the general conduct of the officers on cases and in reports. And to kind of have something like that reach the level of the FBI, um, it kind of indicates that there was something much larger that they're not saying that happened. Yeah. It just really just leaves me with a lot of questions that it doesn't sound like are going to be answered anytime soon. Probably not. They're not the best at getting all the information to us immediately. I was thinking to myself that I was like, man, I'm so disappointed because just last week we were like props to Antioch Police Department for being so awesome with that cold case. And this week we're like, yeah, so the FBI is investigating them (laughs) for some problems. And I just think it's kind of a really, really large swing from one side to the other, but it kind of just does go to show the complexities of law enforcement and that there's some really, really good things that they do, but at the same time, no system is perfect. Right now, police officers in general are Mm -hmm. kind of being painted with a a very broad brush Mm. and nobody likes that. No group of people Mm -hmm. want to be, to, to just be put all in one category. And so this really illustrates how there are officers out there who are great at their job. They're fair. You know, they, they truly want to help 
And then there are officers out there who maybe have gotten into the job for the wrong reasons or or maybe got into the job for the right reasons but fell in mm-hmm. with others that aren't the best influence. Yeah, I don't, right start, wrong ending type Yeah, deal. yeah. But uh, it will definitely be interesting to watch this story unfold. And hopefully we'll have more information for you about it in future episodes. Yeah, hopefully as as it develops, I would like to know what specific cases they believe might have been influenced by this violation of moral turpitude that they're saying also i i want to know what the moral you know you you would like a bro yeah, 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 <laughs> this is this is not enough information for my curious nature mm. um so we'll keep digging yeah all right that's it for today's episode of clocked in with the press i appreciate you taking the time to listen in and we look forward to speaking with you in future episodes if you would like to read more news stories of Contra Costa County, you can do so through our website at www.thepress.net or through our Twitter and Instagram at Press Clocked In. Contact us with your thoughts on this episode or any other before it. That's all I have for you today, and we will speak with you all next time. This is Melissa Van Ruten and Caitlin Gleason clocking, clocking out. out.